committee, I welcome you with open arms. Is that so? How late do you stay open? You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, well, she wouldn't even harm a fly. What's up, everybody? You're listening to NoCo Cinema here on WGM+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we are always excited to be back with you for another week of Chicago Film Talk. Connor, how are you doing? I was supposed to ask you that. Uh, well, that, I was finishing your sentence because we're just oh. so close like that. Yeah, I mean, we do have a pretty special relationship. Yeah. It's a little bit like uh, Bush and that British guy. Tony Blair, uh, Christian Bale, Christian. Bale. <laughs> Tom, I wanted to ask when you were making that intro, did you add like an octavizer to the psycho voice? No, that's how that's how he speaks. Well, because well, it's in his mom's voice, right? I know, but I was just I always he's not delivering the line. You know, it's not to Anthony. It, I know, but listening to it, it just sounds like it could be affected at some point. But mm-hmm. I guess I guess that just is a testament to that uh, that actor's ability. Yes. Anyway, I, I can't believe you. I don't know, man. An I, octavizer. I, why not? I wish I. I had throw that an shit octavizer. on uh, whenever I record my voice. I throw that shit on it because I'm ashamed of it. But it's a uh, it's a beautiful day here in yes, downtown snowing. Chicago. Can't, can't see the can't no. see the lake. Can't see anything. But that's okay because you're you're not using your eyes right now. No, we're using our ears. Yes, podcasting is a very visual format, but yeah. I'm you in, don't need them today. I'm in my nice purple robes uh-huh you look beautiful it's a sonic youth themed like bathrobe <laughs> with a bunch of holes in it yeah there's and just a big picture of kim on the back kim gordon my favorite well i feel like we're getting off topic we've got a great what? show for you here today uh you know it's been a little while since we've had uh some filmmakers in the studio and it's also been a while since we've had an actor so we decided why not knock out two birds with one stone why not both why not both? Now, Connor, you uh, you happened to meet one of our guests at the Women of the Now Showcase. Yes, over at the New Four Hundred Theater. Correct. Yes. Actor Hannah Copen was uh, at, was was there uh, attending the showcase, and we got to talking, and she told us about a very exciting project uh, of which she was a part called Hammersmith, which was part of the Forty Eight Hour Film Festival, which we're going to be talking about a little bit here, and we have. Uh, Actor Hannah Copen in the studio, as well as uh, classically trained, classically trained actor <laughs> Hannah Copen, and uh, classically trained director, editor, producer Kyle Leland. Super classically, yeah. super, yeah. Classically. super classically. Yes. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming into the studio. We Thanks really appreciate. Yeah, thank you. This is awesome. So, uh, I guess let's get started with both of your stories as to how you got into your respective places in the film world. Uh, Hannah, you're an actor, mm-hmm. um, Northwestern University alum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fantastic right. yeah. uh what what got you into acting what was your first steps into that oh man well i've always kind of been a storyteller and loved um, playing imaginative games and always i uh, was just intrigued by what you can create on stage and what you can create in terms of finding t- different facets of yourself and ever since I was a little girl like four years old I think I saw Les Miserables on Broadway and just uh, it just wowed me it floored me and I I learned every single line to Eponine's monologues and songs and she's the one that dies and so this like five-year-old girl was at Thanksgiving (laughs) basically like entertaining my family with all these dying songs but I knew I knew like from then from just performing I just wanted to do that for the rest of my life so I kept I kept finding different avenues, whether that's, um, you know, playing make-believe with my friends or it was putting on actual plays at school and then creating um, stories with with creators. And I loved collaborating with teams and people and, and at Northwestern really got to do that a lot. And and then since then, just been uh, following my dreams in film and finding film as my favorite media and medium to to create those those stories that make an impact and tell tell really meaningful really meaningful stories that maybe otherwise wouldn't be told yeah i wanted to ask was was theater kind of your first i mean it sounds like it was definitely definitely first love yeah were you interested in doing theater over acting or was like acting on uh, on film kind of always your ultimate goal um 
both and still both. Um, I still love the theater. There's nothing like getting up in front of a live audience and feeling that energy. I mean, it's definitely a give and take of of that audience's attention and, and what they're giving to you and, and, and giving them back something that they can walk away from and, and think differently about life or about themselves or see themselves on stage. That's something that's really visceral that you get on the stage versus and on camera. I mean, you get unlimited takes you get to work with an incredible team you get to work with a crew really uh form that tight-knit kind of family and um and it's a it's a different art form but it's very much uh one and the same in terms of telling that story and really creating that um that different perspective for the audience it's such a collaborative thing, whether it's film or theater, right? I yes, mean, yeah, definitely. So it's a big family. I've never done really either, but I can only imagine that it, that it's just everybody working together in concert to put on something Yes, special. yeah. It takes a village, for sure. <laughs> and speaking of a village, yeah. uh, we have a, another collaborator of yours in the in the studio, obviously, the Kyle Leland. Yeah. The, <laughs> self-described. We're not going to introduce. Or unless you, that was how you would like to be produced or introduced. But um, <laughs> yeah. Kyle Leland is the director of the... Uh, and writer. And writer. of the, And producer and editor of yeah, the... Yeah, the uh, whole thing. Co- co-editor and co-writer. The, yeah, so the multi-hyphenate. Yeah. The multi-hyphenate plus village yes. idiot of the 48-hour film festival submission Hammersmith. Yes. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, directing being behind the camera and um, what what got you, I mean it's kind of boilerplate but what got you into that what were you watching or what was that moment when you saw when you saw that as a future for yourself? Um you know that's a good question. I think it's my dad had one of those uh, you know those late 80s you know, handy cams that he would film home videos in, and I, we would just grab it and do like try to film magic tricks with my brothers. You know, like those things where you know start filming, take something away, start filming again. You know, the beauty um, of the cut. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I early learned the the beauty of the cut. Um, but then, yeah, I kind of just always knew I wanted to do it. I took a bunch of uh, acting classes and film camps and stuff during uh, grade school and high school. Um, and yeah, just just got right into it. I actually also have some family. Like I have a couple um, uncles who are teamsters who would take us on sets and stuff when I was a kid. So that probably you yeah, know, spurred get, us on. You know, the firsthand experience is usually the best. Yeah, that's because then you get to see it actualized. It's not just like right. an idea of oh wow, wouldn't it be cool to be Steven Spielberg or yeah. you know one of these guys? Right. Um, how did you two meet? How did you come together? Wow, that's a cool story. Yeah, actually, it was um, <laughs> so I worked for a long time as a as a PA, mm-hmm. and I was working on a TV show called Mob Doctor. Yeah, the Mob Doctor. Ooh. I remember the, that. It's one of the. I think it's it's it, one of the least. It's actually, I think it, it, it was awarded the least watched show that, on Fox. That, that, that <laughs> fully awesome. played a season. Yeah. Yes. It was a blast. It was, bla- it was a <laughs> blast cool. behind the scenes, though. It was a lot of fun to work. Yeah, it was on. great. I was um, a. I was like a featured um, small extra role and yeah. you were on set yeah i, I was kind of like cast party. my job was always like in in charge of you know placing the extras and all that stuff and like signing them in and all that stuff and uh yeah hannah got like a featured extra role mm-hmm. so she came in and we kind of met there and then i think we just kept running into each other mm-hmm. yeah different film events film screenings we just kept yeah. kind of it, it's a it's a tight-knit community here in chicago when right. you definitely when you're in yeah. the industry you kind of know a little bit of everybody you see people's yeah. names come up often and yeah mm-hmm. so both of you got in really at the at the ground floor you know you being a pa kyle and you being a featured extra <laughs> yeah. doing that kind of small time but important acting work for the larger ideas of television shows or movies what have you um tell us a little bit about you know getting starting a career down there what were some of the hardest parts of trying to get into this industry yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, hey, it's still tough, you know, you still gotta, I mean, like, I was, you know, I was a PA for, like, literally 10 years, you know, like, and I still sometimes go, go back and do some PA jobs, but, um, yeah, I got super lucky with my first PA job, and then I kind of just made friends, and then that kind of just, you know, piggybacked from one job to another job, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, one thing you realize is, I mean, the hardest thing was probably, you know, working 70-hour weeks, you know, like, right. I was a lazy kid, you know, like, smoking <laughs> pot, doing nothing, <laughs> and then suddenly I'm working 70-hour weeks, getting yelled at, and, like, you know, getting, you know, these big-time like millionaire producers coffee, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely like humbling though, and you kind of it's it's you you learn how much um, how much a film set is like a family, and like you really like I mm-hmm. like the people that I worked with on a lot of these sets are like just like great friends, you know, and they always will be, you know, because. But uh, yeah, I mean, then after that, you kind of just—it's great though, just to see how these big productions are done. Yeah, and then you have to go and kind of make it a much at a much smaller scale. But you kind of see how the relationships go, and you know, is definitely that—that that, that was—I mean, that—that's one of the things about one of the things about acting is like it's—it's it's a job where you're kind of always unemployed until you yeah. are employed, and then and then everything just hits the ground running, and you are working like constantly, and you have to wake up at four in the morning for a call at five in the morning, and you're, you know, it's twelve hour days or fourteen hour days, and then and then it stops, and then you're and then you're looking for another job, and you're interviewing again, and you're auditioning again, and and it, and it goes to show like the importance of making relationships with each one of those jobs because you never know who's going to be crucial or who's going to be on the next job that you might be a part of and that might know you and that might have a you know remember you from something and and want to pull you in and that's that's kind of how it worked that the mob doctor was the first big you know full set full television series experience that i that i got at a pretty young age and that was a really cool experience pretty eye-opening that's kind of the big the vicious and beautiful cycle of film right that's like the, yeah. that that is just born out of the format itself because you require so many people in order to make the product there's always constantly different you know creative minds coming together constant opportunities that are presenting themselves right so yeah. so you never I mean, that's a phone call and on a wednesday afternoon be like hey listen we got a feature we got a role for you it's small pays decently well calls at you know yeah. 6 a.m this friday do you are have you time? in yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have time yeah. oh yeah or maybe you're on the least watch show on fox the mob doctor as a <laughs> yeah. pa getting the featured extras around and then you end up uh making a f- film in 48 hours and getting to go to paris yeah yes. yeah that's well, yes. pretty fucking cool yeah <laughs> yeah tell us a, yeah. tell us a little bit about the 48 hour film festival yeah that the, the format you- of that is mind-blowing Please. yeah Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome. I really I really liked it. The, the kind of the whole reason I did it was just because like I've been wanting. I, you know, I had like a bunch of little ideas for short films, but like you know, actually getting yourself to do it is you know tough because it's a lot of work. So the forty eight hour film fest is, is great because it kind of just it forces you just as okay like here you you know sign up and then this day you you have to do it you know. Um, so but it's awesome because you basically. So you sign up ahead of time, and you can just get some people um, who are interested. I saw Hannah was interested in like a Facebook event, so I reached out to her and said, "Like, hey, do you want to act in ours?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah." Um, that's not happened. <laughs> yeah. You got to know, you got to know people in the yeah, business yeah. in order to make it work. Yeah, for um, sure. But then basically, we just showed up. Like uh, me and Justin Floco, my uh, longtime collaborator, we basically showed up to this location with all the other teams on like Friday night at six p.m. and we literally picked. Uh, a genre out of a hat and it said action adventure or mockumentary so that was our genre and then they put up on a screen a character name and a prop and a line of dialogue and then they said okay go make a film so they gave you the they gave you the criteria right yeah. that, way, that way you know that, th- that that it is actually made in that the next two days and like okay. you didn't already rewrite Oh yeah, no, I see. So well, and it also yeah. is, it's got to help a little bit because generating if, if you had to generate uh, an idea in forty eight hours, just thinking of a genre alone can right. be like a process and being like, okay, yeah. what do I want to do? Who is the character? What are we gonna? What's it gonna be about? What's the dialogue gonna sound like? Yeah. Luckily, they help you on, along right. a little bit with that. But I love the idea of it can be kind of jarring though because some people yeah. pull out musical. Yeah, and they're like, like oh, yeah. I don't know how to do yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of funny. Though. Yeah. But that kind yeah. of it is. It's, it's, quite it's the idea <laughs> that the, uh, yeah, the constraint is is the mother of invention. Exactly. In a sense, you know, yeah. the less you have to work with, the in terms of like you know, you don't have every genre to pick from. You have right. one genre to pick from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that can be really what starts things, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. what gave us this film Hammersmith. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I mean, it's funny. Most people don't see it that way. They kind of get scared when, like, oh, we have to write about this. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, but it really does do that. It kind of makes your mind start thinking in totally different ways. Where yeah, this nice this guideline. movie. Yeah. This movie would never have existed if it wasn't for those exact suggestions, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah, it's a it's a challenge, right? I mean, the the success of the film, which we'll talk about in a second, but it's really just a testament to your guys' ability to adapt, right? Definitely. I mean, how would yeah. you be able to do that if you guys didn't have something special or worth, you know, other people seeing? Yeah. 
Yeah, adaptation mm-hmm. is definitely something you learn quick on a on a, on film sets on because film. nothing ever <laughs> goes so right. So many no, yeah. quick changes, quick. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The idea that you have in your head never comes to fruition; it always becomes something completely different. So, so. tell us about Hammersmith. You know, this is a forty-eight hour film project. You guys had you know two days to turn this around. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that happen? How did you manage to get that all together? Um, so, me. And Justin Floco and Eric Miller, um, we basically took took these suggestions and we went straight over to Eric's house and we just started thinking and then we thought for a few hours and then we freaked out for a couple hours as we didn't know what we were going to do. And then around three in the morning is when our actual idea kind of started coming out and we were like, oh yeah, like, we'll do, oh, that'd be funny. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll call these people. And we didn't actually like secure roles and like contact people until like like three in the morning is when we were calling texting actors like, okay like so tomorrow at noon like be here and you're gonna be like this type of person and uh i'll, I'll tell you about it tomorrow and then basically just, yeah. we showed up at at noon and we shot for like 15 hours we had to scramble yeah. i mean i scrambled to get a couple locations and yeah it was a team mm-hmm. effort to get all of the spaces yeah hannah pulled through the huge location that was awesome and they're yeah. beautiful the by the way yeah well we got all of the locations yeah. are awesome yeah yeah, we got super lucky that like um, that Justin's was... sister had just moved out of an apartment, so she had this big op- open apartment in a really cool area. Um, so yeah, so we had that to ourselves, and we we're like, okay, cool, we'll just set it here. And it was lucky enough to have like a like a cobblestone courtyard with like vines, yeah. you know, swimming up the walls, and it, it just like had this very cinematic look to it. Yeah, and um, and we secured the the cafe Roby yeah. for a, a couple and we, scenes, and we also cast the, ma- the Hammersmith, the main. Uh, the main role to um, our our old friend um, Nick Wilson, who is uh, an uh, awesome improviser who works at like he does stuff at CIC and IO, and so and it's like when you're shooting a movie in two days, it's really good to have an improvised actor, you know, who can just kind of make up lines, um, especially in this in, in this uh, interview format that we had going. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up finishing his stuff at you know at like two or three in the morning. And then Justin and I went to his house, and we just started editing, and we didn't sleep, thanks to Adderall. But, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of... We'll see if we can get the rights yeah. for that. Can we get it? Yeah. So for, for everybody listening, can you give us the premise of Hammersmith? What's the film about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, it's... Um, I mean, I, I almost want people to watch it not knowing what it's about, because it has a nice little twist at the beginning, but, okay. but who cares? Uh, yeah. No, so basically, it's um, it starts out as an action film, and then suddenly it stops, and you see that it's... Um, behind the scene it's a behind the scenes video mockumentary of this narcissistic director making an action film um and all the things that go wrong because of his you know bravado it's a little bit of other side of the wind yeah (laughs) yeah there's a yeah and it was made right around the same time as um as disaster artists so i think there might have been some uh, influence of their coming out yeah yeah yeah. i've I've even heard from friends and other viewers who've seen it that They've said, did you see a disaster artist? Yeah. Like, have you seen Room? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Room? Or, it's, it's called Room, right? Yeah, ro- the, the Room. The Room. The Room, the room. room. I mean, room I, is very different. Yeah. Very yeah. different. Yes. Another painful portrait, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah. of a different type. Uh, yeah, no, but... Um, yeah, no. So it's basically about this guy, uh, Bayou Straits, is a <laughs> filmmaker who is trying to make this film, and he has a bunch of... Uh, uh, crew members who kind of realize how uh, crappily he's doing these things while they're working with yeah. him. So they're still putting on face when they're working with him to make to make it yeah. happen. But yeah, yeah. they realize. So it's the reason difficult. that the reason we came up with that was because we had we got action adventure or mockumentary, and we wanted to kiss up to the judges a little bit. So we decided to do both and combine the, the genres and make an act, a mockumentary about an action adventure. So I love how you guys touch on kind of some misogyny in filmmakers yeah with the uh who was the it was the director of photography yeah when she's when she's saying he he, yeah what what does he say (laughs) what does she say she says um uh he he hired me because he thought that uh the The film film would would do better in fests if you had a female director a female (laughs) in a creative role yeah Yeah. (laughs) he said that to me. he said that to me yeah yeah no it definitely wanted to i mean wanted to play on like kind of today's kind of atmosphere of you know what's going on in the industry mm-hmm. and how there's i mean there's misogyny and then there's also like misogyny that's like uh, you know masked in you know making trying just like playing the, it like it's a game you know right and like 
you know pretending to be to not be misogynistic but really you're just you're just trying to do better for yourself and you all know. these great ideas is in 48 hours in yeah 48, 48 hours, hours. Yeah. and i mean this was this was a film that did incredibly well at the at the 48 hour film fest correct me, best film yeah audience okay. award best actor best director best writing best cinematography best <laughs> editing is so you swept basically yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was there was one other film that was, that, was, that was great that was really good that tied us for that tied with us for writing mm-hmm. um, and got best actress, um, which they totally deserved. Um, it was another great film, but but yeah, we did pretty well. Well, it's a fun it's a fun idea because it's uh, it doesn't seem like a competition against others. It's more of a competition against yourself to see if you can do this. And right. and the awards yeah. are great and they're they're fun, but I think it seems like the real value of what you guys did was in literally just, just the thing making itself, it. making the yeah. thing itself. So and yeah. finishing it at five p.m. on Sunday. You know? Yeah, Hannah. Yeah. So when did you get the the message that you are the locations manager and also the <laughs> actress in the film. locations manager was like day of yeah um and luckily i was working at the hotel roby at that time so i kind of just like okay, grease the wheels come on guys let's go let's go yeah, let's yeah. go yeah. um and um and then uh i think the weekend before kyle asked me maybe at two in the morning like he said, was <laughs> yeah. like hey are you available on the 12th between like the hours of this and this and you know probably no sleeping and i said yeah sure i'll do it like let's do it yeah Yeah. um because you got to say yes to these kinds of opportunities you never know how far they're gonna go you never know what's gonna come after it and it's just it's just so fun it's like what i live for in chicago about of being a a creator and a a collaborator and an artist you know it's part of it's part of why chicago is so cool because there's so many opportunities like this yeah um and yeah i mean just being a part of this family has led to so many other wonderful things and that's what you've got to kind of take away from him when i met you at the woman of the now showcase mm-hmm. you said i think this film was like, selected for can or con- is it can is it con i'm sorry <laughs> i'm gonna it's, put it's, can it's, it's ken ken it's like Kion. the doll Ken. Ken. Kim. Yeah. But not, right? But like you have to pronounce it differently. But we're, yeah. in, we're in Chicago. We're in Chicago. <laughs> we say K. We say K. What it definitely is not, you do not pronounce the S. Okay. It's not Cans. It's not like Ray Fine. Rafe. Right. Well, that's the opposite. God damn it. This is getting totally out of. But official 48 hour selection. So, well, first, before Ken, it was selected to, because it won Best Film here, it actually went to Filmapalooza in Paris first which is the international 48 hour film fest and right. it has nothing to do with Lollapalooza or Live Nation it does not right? no Oops. correct yeah <laughs> they just kind of yeah. you know the Palooza family put it together right <laughs> <laughs> and and that was like a miraculous experience because we were all there's give or take 10 of us between 7 and 10 of us staying in this bohemian style four person apartment in Paris, France for 10 days and we um we're going to film a palooza but we're also shooting episodes 4 and 5 of yeah. the five part series. So basically once once it won and we were like, "Oh my god, like people like this movie. Cool." Um then we were like, "Oh, well, we're going to Paris and everybody want all the actors wanted to come." So we we're like, "Okay, well, if we're all going to be in Paris, like Let's just bring a camera and shoot something. Yeah. So we decided we kind of um, I kind of sat we sat down with the um, the other two writers Eric and Justin. We kind of went through some ideas and then I kind of just wrote out a full script. And we actually decided to turn the short film into a five episode web series. And so we actually went to Paris to shoot episodes four and five before we even shot episodes two and three, you know? Because, mm. like, that George would be the Lucas climax. method. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like it is the film, Star Wars yeah. of web series. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Were you guys able to film at Cannes? Like, what are the rules of Cannes? Are you allowed to film well, there? Well, we didn't shoot at Cannes. Not at Cannes. Okay. Just Cannes, Cannes, Cannes is in the south of France. That would have been a, Paris, yeah. Okay. That would have been a great place for Bayou Straits. <laughs> I know. Yeah, whatever. We, we thought, well, yeah, Nick actually couldn't get out there, so so we didn't have Bayou Straits. But we, we kept thinking about, like, oh, should we shoot something? But it was kind of just, we just wanted to enjoy it because um film a palooza weekend we were kind of all over the place yeah we were running around all the streets of paris trying to film and we even brought a a drone i think yeah which 
But we did not use that drone, to, as far as the officials know. <laughs> we did not use a drone in Paris. Don't. Okay. So we will for the NSA, never confirm nor Super deny illegal. <laughs> the use of a drone. Super um, illegal. Yeah. We've had a filmmaker on here before <laughs> talk about Can uh, Elias Rodriguez, and he, oh, he's awesome. He he is yeah, awesome. Very awesome. And he talked about how he felt as though the 48-hour film fest, or just like the short film uh, section of can i'm sorry now i'm just self yeah, yeah, no, it, it is. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. is a little cordoned off from the rest of the festival is was that your guys experience or how what what was your time like at can uh well it, it was just a blast this is the whole town is beautiful um and yeah. it's all it's you know it's all there for that festival um but it, it is kind of it is kind of funny well like the actual you know there's only like 10 official selection films like feature films that, that the, are in the, the screen the there. palais yeah mm, and palais. they're they're it's like the, that's like this huge i didn't actually go go see one of the major films i did but hannah did i did with and with justin yeah we saw burning the other the other cam movies that i just recently saw were um capernaum and um shoplifters young? and like which are both amazing like the, the whole shoplifters um, was great so good so, yeah. so yeah can definitely chooses amazing and, and films we were part of the short film corner which is in a smaller cinema which has a smaller audience but um we were screened with other short films that were around what six to ten minutes long each and yeah our screening um was a you know, we we had a full packed house, which was mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 it is kind of weird because like there's this whole um, there's many movie theaters happening at right. the yeah, same time as sure. the other ten selected yeah. films. So like the main films are on this like huge like arena like theater, um, but then these the other ones, the short films, short film corner itself actually is like a bunch of short movies that most of them don't even get the screen. Ours was lucky enough to be part of like the official forty eight hour selection, so it actually screened, mm-hmm. which was awesome. But yeah. yeah, it is. There's kind of this whole lower floor thing where there's just like all these different movies. Like, I don't even understand all it. happening like, it at was, once. Yeah. And it, maybe it's a whirlwind. Ken it's a marketplace. A it's a marketplace. There's multiple um, tents where people are are shopping their their future films and their production and their distribution. Rights it's like a Palooza itself. It yes. really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, and 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 half maybe even more is just meeting people in the industry and and talking shop with them and as, talking about art and what they're doing and who they are and as much as much as it is a uh you know an artistic festival where you're seeing some of the best of the best of uh international cinema mm-hmm. it did that's what we've kind of gathered is that it's mm-hmm. a lot of business it's a networking a, festival yeah. as well yes, yeah yeah definitely. what kind of people do you meet Mostly what? producers. Yeah, were Mostly. they from all over the world, or yes. were they? Of, of, did you find there were a lot from the U.S. or there were definitely a lot from the U.S. There were definitely a lot from all over the world that work in L.A. as mm-hmm. well too. Um, I think uh, you know just about everybody spoke English, but you you know you could meet somebody from Berlin and somebody from London, and somebody from Portugal, and and they're all working to create films together or produce films together or invest in films together and uh yeah it's i mean it's a it's a a whirlwind of a place it's pretty remarkable so the place in the palais is uh there's about 180 feet of red carpet and probably 200 or 400 cameras that are just focused on the outfits that walk down the red carpet and you get to watch all of that. And wow. that all happens every single day at Cannes for two weeks at 6 p.m. And you watch all the stars. You see everybody, you know, posing for the cameras and then walking in to reveal their big um, their big premiere. It's a, it's a like kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So exciting. Well, yeah. hopefully it's not once-in-a-lifetime. I mean, well, yeah. no, no. Go. I want to see you guys back <laughs> yeah. there. That would be fantastic. I do, I do want to ask, and maybe this is a little bit outside of it, are pervy i don't know it's kind of a weird question but as as artists uh yourselves i've always been curious about the place that can is uh filling right now in terms of as a networking event and a place to buy movies when we're starting to move to a world where that's not necessarily how people are getting picked up anymore we're seeing a lot more just kind of digital distribution people going around these more traditional models of film distribution instead of meeting a producer Mm -hmm. you're just making sure that your film meets all the technical requirements and putting it on amazon prime right and we've talked to many filmmakers such as uh jason kaufman Kaufman, with his fantastic house 
sitters you know he put that straight on to amazon, amazon prime. prime and uh perhaps it, it's hard to quantify because you know it's a kind of an amorphous thing but um perhaps reaching a larger audience than if uh he tried to take it to a producer take it to a film festival where someone might see it i just want to get right. your guys read on that having been in that world of opulence and traditional film distribution yeah. Well, I think, I mean, even like Netflix and, and Amazon and all those people, they still have representatives that definitely go to those film festivals. Mm-hmm. So there's always definitely a benefit to bringing it there because you'll find somebody who will actually, you know, sell your film for you. You know, because if, if you just, you know, put it somewhere yourself, you still need, you know, the help of knowing how to get people to watch it. You gotta you know? Know, as as and, Hannah and said, you got to know people. And relationships, yeah. 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 But I mean, I mean, I wish I knew more about. It. I'm, I'm still, you know, learning it uh, about it myself. And while it's completely changing into something new, it's yeah. it's, it's a really weird, weird time. It is. I think yeah. it's changing into something new. But I think that there's still a very like high level of respect for those that are that are still, you know, going into this in the world's largest independent film festival. I mean, I don't think that's ever going to go away. No, you know, no. like Sundance and and Ken or. or can I can't even say it now. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my <laughs> fault. It's an earworm. They're, <laughs> they're never going to go away, and they're always going to. Um, you're always going to take away something from it, whether it's a relationship with a with a new director or a producer, or or just getting to screen your film and and knowing that people from all over the world had a chance to see it and did see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually I think the year um, 2018, the year that we were there, they. There was some controversy going on between Netflix and the Cannes Film Festival because they submitted some films, but Cannes said that they they couldn't play because they were already on the internet and they weren't playing at this amount of theaters in mm-hmm. France. So I think it there was, was stuff, a big dispute. Yeah, I think it was related to things like The Other Side of the Wind, the final Orson Welles film, because right. yep. technically it had. I think that's why they had to give it at least two days in theaters right. or something ridiculous yeah, like that. Like just just barely meet the minimum. Yeah, yeah, just to get around it. And that's that's what I fear is that these cultural institutions that I don't I don't think they're going to go away. I think there's always going to be a kind of film festival. I think there's always going to be a Sundance. I think there's going to be even more film festivals as we go along because it's easier and easier to set these things up. There's more of a, uh, a thirst for it and a want for these sorts of things. But I'm afraid that these old institutions are rejecting something that is just going to become the norm is kind of already the norm how many movies and tv shows do we discover watch consume on netflix hulu what have you Mm -hmm. and um I'm get. I'm finally getting access to stuff that I wouldn't have had access to before, uh, especially through deals with Amazon and A24. Yeah, you know, a lot of people could be discovering more, like kind of capital I indie, like Hereditary or uh, right. Good Time, uh, through Amazon. Hulu's got a deal with Neon. Um, people could be discovering more independent film there. I I just don't want Can to be luddites in that sense and yeah. have to stick to such a classical model which is still yeah. rooted in a capitalist business structure you know theaters have a vested interest in netflix not being as big because they want people to come to their theaters spend money do the whole thing right mm-hmm. yeah you don't want to be like the old man on the lawn yelling it like get off my lawn netflix, netflix. <laughs> <laughs> because, get that oh, streaming right, out of here <laughs> right because yeah, like as subsequent generations of filmmakers start cropping up you don't want to you don't want to like turn those people away you know you don't want to make them feel like they're excluded i remember right. when i used to steal 16 millimeter prints of star wars off the back of a truck <laughs> that was I, my streaming i only paid 30 dollars every time i went to the movie theaters now you kids are just fucking distorted ten dollars a month pan's labyrinth yeah <laughs> in 4k but then again, I don't want places or companies like Netflix making, you know, Gene Siskel or Music Box like shutting down because no, no one's never. Yeah. 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 Gene Siskel so, is huge. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a huge deal because I've just seen there we've had the chance to speak to the uh, assistant film programmer yep. and he was uh very they're very adamant about having local film pretty regularly at the Gene Siskel in addition to classics, yeah. you know, forgotten gems, all that kind of right. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when it comes to let's let's move into uh turning Hammersmith into a series. I was I want to jump back to that a second because you had this 48-hour movie, you know. Uh and 
it, it did so well that you guys wanted to continue with it. What's it like switching from, oh, we're going to do this one-off thing to, well, let's roll with it. Let's see where this idea goes. Yeah. Well, it was actually, it was actually um, a lot of fun. I mean, like, first of all, you know, shooting in, in Paris and, like, having all these people staying in this small apartment, yeah. which is, was just a lot of fun. But um, what was really cool about writing the story out was the first, um, the short film, the first episode worked really well as kind of just, like, there's all these kind of quick jokes, but the jokes are kind of also introducing these different characters. Mm-hmm. And then as we wrote the second episode and all this, and the fi- full five episodes, we were able to find like this real arc where kind of, you know, this mainly, you know, Bayou kind of changes. He kind of <laughs> realizes how much of an idiot and an asshole he is. Thanks to, um, you know, you know, the, all these other crew members kind of, uh, also developing in their own way. So it was a lot of fun kind of just to, to be able to keep playing with the characters and make it actually make them turn them into some real people. You know, it's always a great hope when you, when you're writing like a pilot, that it's going to get to continue because you you have so much uh, more to say as like as each character develops and and goes through their own s- storyline and 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 finds out more about themselves through the series. You you get to you know as an actor like it was just so fun to continue this character's story and Malaya's story is quite interesting. So it's it's fun to get to play um, a lot more. Yeah, I'm super excited for people to see uh, Hannah's performance too because she does. You did an awesome job at, at some of these scenes that are going to be really cool. Thank I think you. I'm I, wanted, I wanted to ask: Is is Hammersmith available for people to watch now? Uh, the first episode. Yes. First episode. Yeah, yeah, the first episode, which is basically the short film, which is right now it's like seven minutes. That's that's online because uh, you know because it's it's part of the 48 hour film project and they right. have all their stuff available. <clears throat> Um, it's on Vimeo.com. Yeah. But then we're going to re-edit that and add some stuff to it and make it, it's probably shorten it down to like five minutes and then and then we're going to, we're shooting, we're still shooting the web series now mm-hmm. and we're going to hopefully finish that in the next couple months and then we'll just throw it to a bunch of more festivals this year. Exciting. And I, yeah. I want to ask, what is the crew looking like between the 48 hour film fest version of hammersmith versus now are you guys as stressed out with like the time constraints obviously it'll be a little bit less but like is hannah the locations manager (laughs) i mean pretty much we did not expand that 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 too much um i mean whenever you're on a film set there's always gonna be time restraints because you know sitting in a a room doing like two minutes of work for Mm -hmm. eight or ten hours is never you know people always want to get, you know get moving right um and eight hours of of film is often like two pages of script right you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is two minutes of film that you yeah. see yeah <laughs> you know but crew wise um what we got um you know we've kind of had to uh you know we've had a couple other you know sound people that we have added added on um but yeah i mean the crew is still you know basically pretty skeleton yeah it's pretty pretty small because especially because you know we're not going to pay for a full crew to go to Paris, obviously. right? Yeah. I mean the Paris, yeah, the Paris crew was like minimal bones, but we yeah. really, we really made it. You know, yeah, did yeah. good. I luckily, there, yeah. The, my one of my favorite moments of all of Paris was just uh, watching the Seine. Like you guys were out right on the river, on the Seine River, with with the. Um, Notre Dame in the background yeah, and filming this incredible scene it was just director Kyle Justin the cinematographer and two actors and yeah. that was it oh and, and the sound and, and guy no and, drones. Sanmay, the sound and no yeah. drone and no I want to make that drones. very clear no no drones. there were no, no drones. drones yeah no luckily we like luckily one of my oldest friends like from grade school is a sound is a sound guy so he was you know getting him to come to paris wasn't a problem but no but but um the the whole country of france is amazing when it comes to film because you can go anywhere and just start filming and nobody will hassle you like you could film on the street you could film in front of like notre dame you could film something with like a you know like a a skeleton crew and and no like nobody will care it's it's really really cool and then john luc godard will walk around in the background and be like (laughs) like, you're doing it wrong (laughs) spit you call it cinema. <laughs> I was almost the director for Wayne's World. <laughs> I wanted to bring it back to Chicago because, uh, you know, you guys are working here. You're part yeah. of this community. 
what what is it about this city that seems to be really bringing in a lot of talent and giving people a lot of opportunities a lot of folks we've talked to are seeing more and more steady work whether it's through things like the chicago fire pdmd sort of stuff whatever or just people making movies here people are coming in and saying like i want to make a movie here in chicago with some money i want to pay everybody i want everybody to have uh, a good experience what is it about what's happening here yeah i don't know well i mean first of all we have like i kind of think that on a larger scale kind of like the illinois started giving some tax credits to films Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then like chicago studio city um and cinespace you know made these huge places where it was actually able for studios to come in and do a bunch of stuff but yeah i mean just as far as i think just chicago has a bunch of artists in general Mm -hmm. you know um there's a bunch of cool it's the biggest city in the midwest yeah and it's the right smack dab in the middle of the country and i think it it's just it's super inspiring it's 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 got a pulse chicago has a pulse like that's flowing through the the city that is unlike new york and unlike la for me i've experienced a little bit of la and a lot a bit of new york and i've never found such a like a community vibe as I have here in Chicago. And it's very much an actor's city. I mean, yes. this is a place it's where... one of the most raw, like, talented theater cities in the country. Absolutely. So as as an actor, would you say that you find a great amount of satisfaction knowing that you can do film or you can be like, you know what, fuck it, I'll try out for Steppenwolf, I'll try out for Goodman, yeah. see what's happening? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the reason why I stayed here instead of going to um, L.A. or New York. L.A. was... You know, it it still is like in the back of my mind, like maybe my next move, my next step. But um, in terms of just being close to what I know and like Michigan has just been such a part of my my home. I'm from Michigan. So Mm -hmm. I love uh, being on the water and also being in a big city and and having kind of really like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. up to my knees and like all of these different communities and all these different artist circles and, and underground spaces and people can create whatever you can create an indie film that goes to can on your iPhone now. So that's also proved, you know, exceptional and people can really just get together with a group of five friends and, and really write it out and write something and, and it can go very far. Yeah, I think uh, like Second City and, and IO are another big plus. I mean, on top of all of the, the theater is the sure. fact that this is like a hub where like every like if you want to be in comedy, you have to at some point come you to gotta, Chicago. You got to do Chicago right? for yeah. at least right. a few years and, and learn yeah. that trade. So there's just so much like good sketch, like even, even if they're just small sketches that people just shoot together, like there's so much funny stuff being made in Chicago. Um but yeah, there's yeah, there's just a lot going on. And there's a little bit less equity I think being placed in, you know, LA in New York in the traditional sense because you don't really need the huge studios anymore to get noticed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right. with the internet and everything else, I mean, everybody has a platform now. I mean, it's just doggy dog for most views, right? Yeah. I'm curious about when you guys are setting out to create content, do you find that living in the city, like everything from the weather to the people to just, cause there's a definitely a vibe in Chicago that's way different than LA in New York, right? Do you guys yeah. find the culture of Chicago kind of bleeding into Hannah for you, like your performances and to, for you, Kyle, the stuff that you end up making? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's kinda. a style. There's a there's a Chicago mode. There's like a grit, yeah. you know. There's like, like kind that, of yeah. like an earthiness to Chicago people. Like I don't know. I, I've seen, um, I've I've heard that Midwestern, the Midwestern state of mind. Right, it's like yeah. down to earth. You you kind of know who you are. At least you're figuring it out with gusto, and you're like try like it's a scrappiness, it's a resourcefulness, and um, creates kind of a raw vulnerability that people really attract to when it when it when it when you're on screen or when you're on stage it's also the the friendliness you know like kind of yeah. the, the cliche that you know the midwesterns are so friendly and, and you <laughs> open know, compared and to a, you know a new yorker or whatever but um but i think that definitely has to do with it because like there's all these facebook groups and stuff like chicago production facebook groups and you can just mm-hmm. go on and just say like hey like i need a sound person tomorrow you know and a bunch of people will jump up and they'll be you know totally like reasonable with like their rates and all that stuff and they'll be good they'll be yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely right, yeah. that's yeah. 
that's the best part is Absolutely. that you've got a uh, an influx of super talented people who really just they're not looking for uh you know a million dollars they want to work and i and that's what i i've noticed with hammersmith and also as something we'll talk about uh eat your heart out something coming up in the near future from you kyle is that there is a a real earnestness and there's a real focus on on the craft of what people are doing and uh, everyone i've talked to whether they're in front of the camera behind it doing lighting doing sound i really like the can do get down to it attitude of making art here and uh saying like i don't really care all that much if people in la see it or if people in new york see it i care if my friends and the communities that i'm a part of see it and maybe it'll change them or give them something to think about over time yeah. um it's it's just it's a spectacular city uh so it's a it's lovely, lovely place really. lovely place my <laughs> kind of so town, much thanks to the, the palooza family the palooza. <laughs> that, that these things family, should work yeah. out i'm I, now i'm not unconvinced yeah. that there isn't a palooza family <laughs> I think the, are they, they are they lizards we don't know find out tonight <laughs> find out tonight more at 11 uh let's talk about what's coming up next for you guys kyle i mentioned uh eat your heart out which we you were so kind to let us take a look at and watch yeah what a what an interesting premise i have to say watching this movie um i i, I don't want to give away too much because yeah. i think it's something that you guys see but and there's this by the way was written and directed by abby pierce and yes. i believe kyle you yeah. were the editor and assistant director yeah assistant directed it and i edited it with um with abby and then um was a producer as well but um, it was also written by it was ab- written by Abby Pierce and Julie Letterer, who's a a, a, a stage right. Okay, a, stage a playwright. Playwright. <laughs> playwright. Stage right. So Abby stage Pierce, right. Con. Con. <laughs> Abby Pierce, come on the show. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, but, she would, uh, I'm sure she would love to. Uh, Eat your heart out, which you edited, and you were so uh, you and Abby were so kind to share yeah. with us. Super. Um, there was there just watching it. There's uh, a lot of focus on the heart. Yep in a very literal sense mm. and a lot of yeah. the idea of pumping blood perhaps magical realism a little magic term realism. could be thrown in there could be thrown in there that, that's so funny that you say that because abby is obsessed with magical realism she's that's, a real gabrielle garcia marquez so, fan. So fun. i mean mad i did a film that was that was all based around magical realism and it's so fun it is yeah. cool it, it and it really made watching it it made me really like feel the thing especially because i have a little bit of a of not a phobia but just kind of like a weird thing about when i think about the concept of a heart pumping blood through a body it really freaks me out sure. and i'm just like Ooh, I, I there's think, a I temple think, of doom going yeah. on there. it'd be weird if you were like oh yeah that's normal yeah and maybe that was what abby was going for i hope so i hope i'm reading that right but um it was weird to be watching this this work this piece and like kind of scrunched up in my chair kind of like ooh, like (laughs) very conscious of it but it's a it's beautiful and uh fantastic editing by the way really appreciate it so um that's that's something coming down the line for you too yeah that'll that'll uh be premiering at a fest at some point this year hmm He's raising his TBA. eyebrows. TBA. Yeah. Well, it's it's good to know Stay that everybody's tuned. got stuff coming yeah. down the pipeline because yeah. these things do take time. I think sometimes folks don't always realize that like once you make the movie, it's not just out. Yeah. Like you have to. There's the whole submission process and yeah. maybe you Definitely. know getting it online, getting on Netflix yeah. or whatever. And each um, submission costs money. Yeah. Right. You have to it's, fund it. And yeah. You have to. Yeah. It's a yeah. very plan big process. It out, plan you have to choose. Out. You have to choose your premieres very wisely too, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm in pre-pro right now for a, a short film as well. So that's. It's fun, but it's like it's again. It, it's, it tells you the the process of it, right? It's just yeah. getting the idea, then writing it then getting your crew then getting your location getting all of the actors um, together and then setting it up and, and figuring it out yeah I mean, are you able to tell us a little bit about sure, what yeah, we're yeah. it's yeah. um it's directed and written by Ethan Talley um, it's called room with cages it's a it's gonna be a probably a 20 minute maybe less than 20 minute short film um, about a veterinarian and a woman coming in with a sick dog. And um, and they have this kind of spark in their relationship that mm-hmm. they form with each other, and um, yeah, it's sort of a it's a symbol for loss and and rebirth and coming into um, 
new experiences when when things when doors get shut or when people leave from your life and or when death happens unexpectedly oh man it sounds heartbreaking and heart making there you go go. um and how far into that process are you hannah um we are uh securing the location we'll probably be shooting it in february okay and um, we're casting the the co-star right now beautiful well the machine keeps going the people are moving they're making they're hustling (laughs) they're getting out there because that's what you do in chicago you get down to the you get down to on yeah the grind is on the hustle is on and uh (laughs) very excited to be seeing it um you know it's it's glad i'm so glad to be having you know filmmakers i know actors (laughs) i'm very giddy i know we haven't that's what we were saying before this we haven't had uh filmmakers or actors on that uh actually like show us their stuff you know so oh, wow. well you know in a bit i mean yeah it's we been a little do have that but it's been a bit yeah. so yeah. It, it's such a pleasure to have it all at once you know well, it's a pleasure to be here and, and if so i'm not much. mistaken you guys are going to be going to to shoot another episode or part of an Tomorrow. episode of hammersmith yeah, we're mm-hmm. literally gonna go rehearse right after this <laughs> and then yeah yes. we're shooting some yeah some fun fun scenes tomorrow exciting stuff well thank you so much hannah copen and also kyle leland, kyle leland. thank you both thank here you in much. the no coast studio yes that's what in beautiful cool. 303 east upper wecker about about 400 feet in the air would you say i'd yeah. say yeah i get it get the tape measure yeah get bring the it tape out measure. we'll figure it out uh thank you guys both again for coming on the show yeah, thanks absolutely. for having us thank you all right so uh that's been no coast cinema here on wgm plus that's We've been the- <laughs> i'm sorry to, I'm, i just did, completely it. derailed your <laughs> conclusion you know we had a really nice show that's we had a really good conversation Tom. with two beautifully talented people and this is how you end it on uh, a fucking bare naked ladies you, reference i think you <laughs> forgot how horrible the introduction to this episode went as well so it's kind of a beautiful untidy knot on both sides fuck you tom <laughs> connor it's been a long time since i've said this but uh you're my best friend yeah. but i also fucking hate you i like i'm glad we're bringing that back because <laughs> it's, it's good uh, well people have forgotten um <laughs> just a couple of things to keep on the lookout for is uh we are going to be doing an introduction and q and a yep. with uh with michael Glover Smith. Glover Smith over uh, over at the Gene Siskel. It's going to be for Rendezvous in Chicago. Yep. It's got, I, I believe it's like a four or five night stint yep. over at the... But we are doing the premiere. We're introducing and doing the hosting the Q&A for the premiere, the Chicago premiere yes. of Rendezvous in Chicago, okay. which, if I'm not mistaken, Tom, was like one of your favorite movies of, of it, last year. It really was. It had uh, what, I, what I referred to as my favorite film moment of 2018, yeah. beating out every major motion picture I saw in the theater. Um, I, I have to say that every time I talk about Rendezvous in Chicago, because I want people to see it. I really want people to enjoy what's happening there. So that's coming on the pipeline. Also, uh, we're going to be talking to our old friend, Nicholas alonzo yes it's been a while he's got something new in the pipe and uh we're really excited to talk to him he's you know he did shit cago he did um oh my the art god of sitting quietly and yes. doing nothing which went last time when we had him on we had a great conversation about that so please jump on back to our conversations with nick and uh re-familiarize yourself with is him it decaf don is it, yeah that what he's, I, nice fuck yeah michael glover smith's in that and so yes. is uh so is dustin Pueller. it's so. one of those things oh yeah well we're seeing the connections here it's yeah. as we were talking about the chicago film community but nonetheless uh you've been listening to no co cinema here on wgm plus we are your guide to cinema here in the city of chicago i am tom hush and i'm connor cornelius and we will see you all next time.